dive into it. Welcome everybody for another episode of Dried Blood. We're at episode uh, 10 of D20 Deathmatch. We just wrapped up. We have Johnny Stan returning. Dr. B's returning. The Bone Daddy making a return, not from this season, but from a previous season. The only, maybe the only champion to come back <laughs> from a previous season in this current season. Bone Daddy. How does it feel to be back Bone in the Daddy's returned. Been uh, excited to be here again. Is your stardom just so bright that you need three pairs of sunglasses on? Yeah, future so bright I need shades. <gasps> the reflection is blinding. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, the two of you had such great back and forth. The one-liners that hit were fantastic on end back and forth back and forth i feel like there was more damage done psychologically even though we weren't <laughs> taking points away from that well what i gotta know typically we ask each other about your own character but i want to throw it up what did you admire the most about your opponent like is, when you see them and the character they've created and what they brought to this arena because this was a good match this was close nick and nick both when we look at the fatigues when we look at the fighting spirit I want to know what was your take on who you were fighting? Who would like to go first? I, I mean, I absolutely will because Bone Daddy was such a funny, full fleshed out character with a full on backstory, like a bench of supporters behind him. His mom, Darcy, the Tooth Fairy, like from the offset, there was so many additional characters to play with. That was that was a dream. That was, just like you teed it up for everyone to sort of come in and have fun with that. So big props to setting up an entire team's worth of characters there. Love mm -hmm. that. Commitment, gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, uh, two great minds think alike uh, with the signature moves of uh, just messing with stats. <laughs> just like the, the perfect counter to what I was doing. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> um i was so excited about like building out like daddy's girl signature move with mudcat and it just got turned around on me i'm i mean I'm, i still got to wear stay in the mech just a slightly smaller mech for a minute mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's the fun part like it's so creative when you come up with like here's what i'm thinking and then when you throw it against opponent after opponent it's like oh that's how they think that's different <laughs> <laughs> that's not I, I want to i want to bring him in here real quick Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Do I was, it. I was excited to okay. see uh I was excited to see Darcy's mech come to come to fruition because that's uh if, if you were watching in the previous season, that was uh that was a move that the bone daddy pulled in at the end. Oh Ooh, there's a cat. Oh what a cutie. Look you at the little stripes. Right oh <laughs> Yeah, it's actually but that's Darcy. That's that's the guy I was smack talking. There we go. There we go. <laughs> now I feel bad. I can't see anything in these. I'm picking it up. <laughs> I feel like we actually need an episode once with like everyone's pets. There was who who was it? Um, oh, it was Lubofin in the background during her death match. Her two cats were fighting on the couch mm -hmm. behind her. So it was like a death match in a death match. It was really nice. <laughs> Well, we gotta we gotta ask uh, King Bofus here or or Doctor Bees about you have uh you have tied your way to a death twice now. Yeah, it's... that's I wasn't expecting it the second time around, and now that it's happened, I've realized how easy it is to do. Um, but that was, I I guess I was like, ah, we've done it so often now, it won't happen again. Which now that I say that out loud is insane. Mm -hmm. That is. The 
Absolutely. I've learned my lesson. <laughs> I've literally, this has happened 10 times. We have rolled the same number 10 times. But no, it won't. It won't happen. It won't. I, no, I think no, it's. I think it's. Odds. I think it's deceiving. So, so number one, uh, usually we've had in the early part of the season, we had a lot of uh, like fatigue deaths or tie deaths because people were getting yeah. used to this system. But as people have kind of come back and and kind of figured it out, we've had less because people have like, oh, we got to manage this. So that started to happen. But it's deceptive because if you get a nat one, you get a fatigue. If you get a tie, you get a fatigue. That's ten percent. Uh, on your roll anyway, of your portion of the the other person's got to obviously hit that ten too. So you're like, um, you know, you're you're better than five percent at least, easy to uh, to get that fatigue every time. So yeah, you're also like betting that the other person isn't going to be on like the same fatigue as you, and then like, rolling mm -hmm. the same as you. So you're just like, yeah, no, those those elements won't collide at any point. Like it's going to be impossible to do that, and it's actually way more common than you would think so it i really appreciate it as like a luck aspect and a betting oh yeah aspect. i mean like, what's so great is that it does end up being super climactic like yeah we're not doing this to see who wins we're seeing that we're doing this until like a fun crazy story and there's nothing better than like a super climactic tie i think like yeah and like in when you're watching an a real like football game or something it ends with a tie in the regular season you're like oh that was that stunk but like <laughs> so many movies will end up with like you know, it actually tying in the end. And it, I think it's it's because it's good storytelling. And mm -hmm. uh, that's, I mean, that's all we're trying to do here. Yeah, yeah. And that's the best part of it is that in that, uh, the way a character dies or accepts a death is part of their story. And so the fact that we get to have that for both characters feels very satisfying. Like we yeah. got really nice closure from both of you on that end. Now, obviously, like very early on, you all started picking up like, oh, the fatigues are coming in a little bit faster. But near to the end, there was strategy. Like there was a choice, like I'm going to go for that box again or I'm not going to heal myself. Right. Like you chose that. What's the mentality? What's the thought process to say, yes, this is worth the risk for me or I'm ready to go all in because some people could play like the full defense and be like, I only want to win. But the two of you came in with a different approach, and I, I love it, and I'd love to hear from you all. Uh, Johnny, I'm going to throw this one to you first. Yeah, I mean, before we started recording again, I just was telling you guys about how <clears throat> my plan was to get a fatigue off right after the heroic surge. I wasn't sure which one I was going to do first. And um, yeah, you know, it's the, the other thing is we, we we started off with a good amount of fighting spirit. What, what was, Dr. Bees, what was your... Uh, what was your bloodlust metal instinct? Because mine started off as one, two, three, and then became three, two, one. Uh, so I was one, one, four. Um, oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> a, a lot of action. Yeah, it was from the um, the fight that we'd had before. I really enjoyed that spread. It was just like, I get to do a lot of stuff. And the modifiers, I don't really mind too much about because it's, it's so, it, with it just being like a plus one or a plus two on dice rolls, it doesn't make so much difference mm -hmm. sometimes. And it's yeah. so much more fun just to be able to do more, I think, in a turn. Personally, yeah, so like you, you, you end up having so much fighting spirit that you're, like you said, you really have to worry more about fatigue than anything else. Yeah. And you, but it, but if, if you're able to manage the fatigue and you can't really manage the fighting spirit as much, you, you got to figure out how to, uh, or if your opponent's managing their fatigue, you got to focus on the fighting spirit and it's hard to get so much damage. So when you're like, you're trying to figure out how to like get any kind of uh, advantage on there, especially with how roll we how low we were rolling. Like you were just trying <laughs> to go, okay, how can we do just a like, ton of burst damage? I think my general approach with stuff like this is 
just to have a good time. So I try generally I'll not really look at fighting spirit or fatigue and I'll just go with if there is a big box of chaos that costs me health and a fatigue to do the thing again you fucking bet your ass I'm going back in there because it would be very funny Mm -hmm. if I if I died trying to get something out of the box because it just adds another element of ridiculousness and I mean nobody likes to watch a show that that nobody wants to press the button Yes. Yeah. yeah. Pressing the button is what makes the entertaining <laughs> mm-hmm. actual plays or shows or whatever. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And that's why the two of you and your characters were invited to the arena because there's that willingness of risk of wanting to go further of seeing like what's the next chapter of my life instead of like I'm going to stay here I'm going to stay safe sort of idea. There was so much good storytelling here and evolving to get to know your characters. And and that's what this arena has always been about. It's not necessarily the fighting itself, right? Like, cause we could pull all of the story away and just do straight dice rolls. It's that's not fun. Yeah. It's not, it isn't, it isn't. Um, Mudcat likes that, but no, no. <laughs> what are you talking about? But I wrote this system specifically you, you for, did. for storytelling, but it's a conduit that helps us to get to know your characters and to be able to say and think and do whatever you want your character to do. It really is just your imagination. Like the fact that you have a flame and a whip, like most of the time it's like either you're a melee fighter or you're a magic fighter, right? Or even for the druid, like how many, like you stay within the realms of animals that you know, you're like, I've got three tongues and apparently a head tinier than anything we've ever seen on a normal Did your character start off as a druid? No. No, no, no. He he started off as an idiot and then just graduated to a bigger idiot. Yeah, I, th- I think we classic. do want to touch on the uh, the fact that underneath that frog mask is just a small actual frog head on a man's body. Yeah. Good. His original really name was going to be Frankenfrog, but I thought that might give it away too yes. much. So Manfrog was born. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, now, I'm just imagining yeah. Craig kissing these tiny, tiny, tiny frog lips. Oh yeah, no, just looking into those tiny little beady frog eyes. Yep, so <laughs> a classic reimagining of uh, the Craig. princess on the frog, except the princess is Craig and the frog was transformed into a half man, half frog hybrid. You know, yes. your classic Cinderella story. Oh, yes. was it Craig? Was it Craig who 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 made you into the king? That you are today. Did. There was a Aww. slight nod to it at the end of uh I think you you turn me from a frog prince into a frog king or something yes. like that. Yes. Um, but... well, <laughs> I, I also wanna I also wanna bring up the fact, and this is just a this is just a, a lore fact for anybody who's been watching our show and watching the side series. Dr. Bees was in our Vithorn's return series, which is how uh, oh, yeah. the Arbiter became the Lord of Fate. And in doing so, he had to gain an item called Morir's Cataclysm, a tome. That's where that was Which from. is what That's Dr. What... B's got tonight. Out of the box. Oh. Which, small fun note, she also played a frog that couldn't read. Except, also no, this. but you could read giant. That was the only language Different you frog. could read. Different frog. Different frog. We're not, we're, they weren't related. Not really. Actual you just frog. have a thing with frogs. You just really love frogs. I, if given any opportunity to play like a grung or a frog, but yeah, a hundred percent. I just think they're the funniest things to play. Um, and my entire style of play is ridiculous and funny. So that's, that's my calling card. I want to ask one, one thing <laughs> just because like, I'll be honest, like there's not a whole lot of like thought that goes into the backstory of somebody named bone daddy. I think it's pretty, just like pretty surface level, but getting to play with, 
with with you with you guys uh like just getting to grow out like the and improvise a backstory is super fun i want to know from like what were king bufo's like improv like background backstory thing and what was actually prepared because i didn't know that you know <laughs> that like bone daddy's like parents were divorced when he was four and, um, <laughs> and he learned his dom ways from his dad or who like that he was that he you know was his the tooth fairy was his ex like that's all fun stuff that came in the I uh, king Bo king bofus came to this with like nothing um yeah. he's a leader of a frog nation somewhere and pretty much all that i think i drew on was the last fight that we had with richard notley um that i i just really enjoyed like i was crying so much like with just tears of laughter during that fight and i just so much of it stuck in my brain that i was like okay well we'll call on that bring that in but aside from that everything was just pulled up as it was um everything with craig everything with being into bone daddy like everything was there was sexual yeah. tension there for sure oh god yeah was is is uh <laughs> That's what speaks though to the talent of the two of you is that you don't know what the other person is bringing to the table. You don't know what questions they're going to ask. And so the fact that by the end of this, the two of you had such intertwined stories speaks to your improv capabilities that whatever you bring to the table, it's like, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to make this interact. I know whatever they say, I'm going to roll with it. I'm going to play off of it. I'm going to come up with something to match their energy, match their story. And it was beautiful. It was weird, but it was beautiful. <laughs> it was beautiful. If it's not weird, it's not beautiful to me. Right, right. Oh, <laughs> I agree. Well, we usually like to, uh, to wrap these things up uh, with like a final catchphrase or a piece of advice or just some last words from you or your character to the acolytes. So while you're here in the uh, in the the arena locker room and as uh you know goblins are pulling chunks of bones out of your bodies that have been revived uh any final words for the accolades at home if you can always be at least 50 percent man 50 percent frog and 100 percent bad at potentially maths there's a 50 percent extra in there somewhere that i've definitely <laughs> forgotten but that's fine enjoy you've evolved your your math is oh, getting not oh, better it's but different. different yeah 50 percent peloton that was it that that's was, it yeah. that's <laughs> it 50 percent man 50 percent human no frog frog 50 percent peloton peloton 50 percent a hundred percent hundred percent yeah hunt just a hundred percent this whatever this is yes 100 of that i think you mean this oh that was <laughs> <laughs> that was it points with their thoughts <laughs> sorry she's got like, two two thumbs and she's pointing them right at bone <laughs> oh bone bone daddy any final words for the acolytes i'm gonna keep it short and sweet never forget to say thank you, Daddy. <laughs> All right, you heard it here. Well, thank you, Daddies, for this wonderful interview. <laughs> all right, guys. No, we'll... thank you, Daddy. <laughs> Daddy. We are all Daddies tonight. Daddy, Daddy. Daddy. Good night, Daddies. Good night, Daddies. We'll see you guys on the next episode of D20 Deathmatch. <laughs>